Welcome to Where the Big Boys Play. Welcome to 20 Years of Nitro, Worldwide Edition. Our post-Nitro bonus show where we dive into the dirt sheets and check out the other channel as we round up the week in wrestling that was... Oh no, I normally fill it in in my template, but this just says week of dates. Uh, it had to be January 6, 1997 through January 12, 1997. There you go. There we go. I am your host, of course, uh, Tim Root, and with me, as always, is my quarantine colleague, Dave Amantorp. How are you doing this week, Dave? Oh, I, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I forgot to mention that last week, as far as like things are enjoying in wrestling, is um, there was kind of a little bit of a, a week here of like anniversaries as far as um, um, like the Brahart Steve Austin I Quit match. I like yep. that day in history. And then like six days earlier from that, that um, Bret Hart uh, promo he does on raw, like the frustration one that he has where he pushes Vince McMahon over, which is kind of considered his like best, like heel or like basically his best promo, like in person. And it was just like, it's a fun week that like, it was a fun week of just hearing a lot of people that are in wrestling uh, associated with wrestling, just talking like really positively about, heart my favorite wrestler ever so there was lots of good stuff i was reading on twitter so it was it was i felt like it was a pretty wrestling wise it's been pretty uplifting as uplifting as far as on twitter is concerned also just lots of we're getting lots of anniversaries of uh wrestlemania moments and things like that and it's always fun to see like the the moments that we grew up on even though they're like 20 to 25 years old now <laughs> well we are ancient ancient human beings at this point <laughs> right I was also just going to say that before we started recording, I was just uh, sharing a, a gif with my brother of uh, Brock Lesnar giving an F5 to a shark. Oh, I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah that's it's, a classic. It's, uh, for people that don't know, that's a commercial promo for um, SummerSlam 2003. That's right. Yep. But if you just look up uh, Brock Lesnar F5's shark, you'll find it pretty easily. But it's awesome because he's just on the beach in his full wrestling gear. And he does like the big Baywatch, like headfirst dive into the ocean. <laughs> like he's just like sprinting after the shark. Like everything about it's great. Now, if you haven't listened to one of our worldwide episodes, uh, if you're you're perhaps a new listener, uh, just like to explain that what we do in these episodes is we kind of talk about everything that happened in wrestling in the week uh, following the Nitro that we just reviewed. So in this case, we just reviewed. Uh, Nitro episode number 69, the January 6th, 1997 episode. Nice. Uh, so this is <laughs> 69. Nice. <laughs> this will be everything else that happened that week in wrestling. Not everything. We we, we tend to be American um, centric just because we're Americans. Mm -hmm. uh, no disrespect to anything else. But we're mostly looking at WWF versus WCW and, and sprinkling in the other things that were interesting. Um, so that that tends to be our focus. But we do try to you know, get a little bit from Mexico, a little bit from Japan and anything else that, that happened to be pretty interesting or funny or noteworthy. Uh, so I think before we dive into that, though, I should remind you 
that you can follow us on Twitter at 20 Years of Nitro or Dave Amentorp. That's at Dave A M M E N T O R P. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 20 Years of Nitro. And of course, you can email the show at 20 Years of Nitro at gmail.com. So the first thing that we like to do here on Worldwide, it's, it's a relatively new segment even for our Worldwide, which there's only been maybe 20 of those at most. Uh, but we like to fix our mistakes in a little segment that we call Corrections and Omissions. I say that in pause like there's a theme song that's going to play, but I do not have one. I should, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I should get with Eastman Presser, uh, who did our Raw theme and did our Worldwide theme, and we should get a Corrections and Omissions theme. I, I, the first thing I thought of is, uh, I don't know why, but uh, when it's when Homer Simpson is imagining what uh, going to the circus is like, and he sees the bear on the car, and he's like, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was like, <laughs> we should just have Homer do that as our corrections and omissions. <laughs> uh, so there's a few things I want to mention. One is at during our last episode, we talked about thinking that Hugh Morris's theme and Conan's theme, uh, they both were coming out to music that was not their Dungeon of Doom music, and we thought that both sounded dubbed over. I went to my DVD copies of the 97 Nitros, which are the original broadcast versions, mm-hmm. and they actually were uh, the actual music. I I think they're just such generic songs that you wouldn't expect that they were the real music, but they actually were. Yeah, I, I felt like I said that during Conan's um, I was like it sounds like it's dubbed over but it's like generic for generic so you can't really tell yeah he just has like such a generic music that it kind of just fucks with your head very much you're you can't yeah. figure and also Hugh Morris is like just so ridiculous it's like there's no way it could have been that but well I guess it is so along with Hugh Morris's like push that they are very emphatic about to the point in which they potentially are hurting their relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling over it. Uh, They also give him, like, just really bizarre music. So, Adventures of Hugh Morris, continue on. The other thing I want to talk about is uh, on Nitro, there was a segment where the NWO were doing commentary while a Jim Duggan and Steven Regal match were going on. Mm -hmm. And I neglected to mention uh, something that I'd been tweeting about while I was watching it at the time. And that is, I'd been wondering, uh, coincidentally, before I, I ended up watching the episode, I'd been wondering whatever happened to the Bischoff edict that WCW wrestlers had 30 days to convert their contracts to NWO contracts. Oh, yeah. That never seemed to go anywhere. I didn't know if there was originally supposed to be some kind of storyline or payoff. Um, and that question is still up in the air, but they did at least do something to end it. I, I'm not saying it's good or it's very satisfying, but... During the segment where they were on commentary, Bischoff brought that up. He said, you know, we'd given these guys 30 days to convert their contracts. He says only a few guys did. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of them didn't, and and that's too bad. But he goes on to kind of say two things. He says, one, I found the ideal recruit to join the NWO. Yeah. And the use of the word ideal there is sort of a synonym for perfect which is as legally as close oh, as he can get. Okay, okay. I, I, they are in. They're still in hot water over that lawsuit, so they they can't come anywhere close to saying the word perfect. But yeah. ideal was a a big hint that he was trying to drop there. Oh, gotcha. I I I would never have caught on to that. That's a. That's clever. That's a old clever Uncle Eric figuring something out to <laughs> give you a hint <laughs> there. I mean, I I I I feel like a lot of people that know in this time 
how that's gonna how long that's gonna take to play out. But that's yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting development. And the other thing he mentioned, and I forget if I brought any of this up on the episode or not. I feel like I didn't, but if I did, I, I apologize for repeating myself. But he also says that as the highest ranking executive in charge of WCW, WCW can't sign new wrestlers without his say so. Mm-hmm. So eventually, as guys join the NWO, there will be less and less WCW guys over time. So largely, he's revealing like, hey, I gave him this ultimatum. They didn't do anything. And ultimately, I'm powerless to actually have consequences for them. Right. But at least he acknowledged it in a way that was like, that is done. That storyline's done. Uh huh. Maybe it kind of farted out at the end, but like, I just appreciated something. They gave me something. Yeah. The next omission that I want to mention uh, is that on our last worldwide episode, so if you go back to episode 68.5. I mentioned that on the January 4th, 1996 episode of WCW Saturday Night, Chris Jericho defeated someone named Jim Richland. Now, what I forgot to mention is that Jim Richland is the real name of Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey, a.k.a. Jimmy Graffiti. Oh, okay. So they drop Jimmy Graffiti. He does this match as himself. So I looked up his match history to see... uh, like, I was like, is there any more appearances as Jimmy Graffiti, or is it just Jim Richland now? And by looking up his match history, I learned that not only is the gimmick done, uh, not only is Jim Richland done with WCW, uh-huh. but that match on Saturday night against Chris Jericho is his last match, period. Oh, wow. A knee injury forced him to retire in 1997. He would go on to train wrestlers for a few years before founding a flooring company that worked in the Tampa, Florida area. Uh, and Jim Richland died of a heart attack in 2014 at the age of 52 years old. Of course he did. Of course. Uh, under Like, you know, under 65 or something like that for wrestlers in the 80s and 90s. It's kind, right. of, kind of predictable. But, well, I mean, it sounds like at least uh, for his the time he had after wrestling that he found something else for himself to do. I mean. Yeah. So, something I'd like to do um, before the next or, or as part of a future worldwide, I don't want to give a specific date, but uh, for a part of a future worldwide, I'd like to take some names of guys and divvy them up between you and me, mm-hmm. and let's check Cage Match and look into the future and see, like, there's some guys that I'm wondering, have they wrapped with WCW? Will we ever see John Tenta again? Mm. You know, I'm just curious. I bet sure. there's a hard work Bobby Walker. He's been on the show. Are we ever going to see him again? Yeah. Uh, so we should do that. We should do that for a future episode is just take a list of like lower card WCW guys that we've seen and see are they ever ever coming back? I'd be curious. Yeah, no, I I be I be game for doing a little bit of research like that and also realizing to check a a few locations other than just cage match just to make because you know they might not have all the up to date information. But sure, no, yeah, that'd be fun. I mean, I was actually kind of doing that um, yesterday with like kind of went down the, a rabbit hole with a with a William Regal clip that I sent you. Um, that was kind of the people were like, there's this William Regal clip from a WWE superstars match that you had with Daniel Bryan in which like, um, the production team ribbed on him and they put in the, the real man's man. Yeah. yeah so yep. I kind of went down a little bit of a rabbit hole to see like how close this was to the end of his career. Um, uh, but he still had a, his last match was in, until like 2014. Mm. Um, he had like uh just like one match on NXT against Cesaro which I think I didn't look enough into it, but I think was kind of like a 
uh, a warm-up for Cesaro being on NXT before the first takeover. Oh, um, sure. So, I, I mean, I don't know that for sure, but I think that's what it was. But, yeah, his last match is like a 20-minute match with Cesaro, which I'm like, yeah, oh, no. I'm going to go find that eventually. <laughs> yeah. Well, the next thing that we like to do on Worldwide is change the channel over to the USA Network because it's time for our Raw Recap. Over on Raw, it was really a pretty lull episode. Mankind defeated Owen Hart. Uh, Furnace and LaFond defeated Fake Diesel and Fake Razor. And in the main event, Vader defeated Bret Hart after uh, the referee failed to see Stone Cold give uh, Bret Hart the Stone Cold stunner (laughs) in the aisle. Uh, Probably the most noteworthy thing that happens on Raw is that during Bret Hart's match... Uh, Sean Con- uh, Sean Connery. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I was gonna say Sean is on commentary, and my brain shortened <laughs> that to Sean Connery. I sure hate that excellent uh, execution. <laughs> I think you've seen plenty of sunny days. <laughs> <laughs> is that what this is, though? <laughs> no, no. Okay. Uh, this is, it, but it 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 ties into the sunny days thing. He yeah. uh, he's on commentary during Brett's match. And he starts talking about, you know, Brett was out here saying that I'm not a role model. Well, I've seen Brett Hart on the road on the road, uh-huh. and he's no role model either. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, ho, ho. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it sounds somewhat tame, but I mean, it is yeah. essentially putting it out there on national TV, hinting that Brett's out there banging women on the road as well. <laughs> right. Brett is, of course, a married man. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, maybe not the coolest thing. Like, yeah, Brett was saying Sean wasn't a role model. But he was talking about like specific things like the playgirl and the stripping on the show. Yeah. You know, things that are like publicly available information. And this right. was kind of a theme, at least if you listen to the Bret Hart side of things, mm-hmm. uh, is that him and Sean would like talk out how a promo was going to go. And Sean would be like, yeah, you should say this about me. And Brett would be like, what if I said this? And Sean would be like, yeah, that's awesome. That rules. And then Brett would say it. And then Sean would like, get pissed and then say real stuff that Brett would never have agreed to. (laughs) Right. Sean's kind of like, no, no, trust me. I'll be totally in on the joke. It'll be funny. Trust me. I won't get upset. And then he immediately gets upset. And I'm sure it's like, I I bet like every week it just comes back around and Brett's like, are you sure you're not going to get mad about this (laughs) sort of thing? But no, it's like, I just thought it was funny with like the Steve Austin interference because Basically, I think like um, after Brahart's title match at that December in your house, mm-hmm. when Shawn Michaels cost him, it's like from there until WrestleMania, like every week something, someone screws over Brahart for some reason. It's just a constant barrage of getting fucked over all the time. Yeah. Uh, um, and then the other thing that happened uh, storyline wise is that during that match, or right after, I think, on the screen, they show uh, Sid, who is uh, your champion, with Shawn Michaels about to face him at the Royal Rumble. Uh, Sid attacks Jose Lothario's son, Pete. Oh, <laughs> who's no. Who's, like, 30 <laughs> years old, but portrayed as if he's, like, a child. It's like, oh, oh. no, that's Lothario's son, Pete. <laughs> Pete Lothario. Oh, Petey. 
Uh, so then Sean runs back, and yeah, that's so that's about everything that happened on Raw. Nothing, nothing too good. The ratings came in for those shows with uh, Raw at a two point one, that peaked at uh, Vader versus Brett at a two point six, and Nitro with a three point four, hmm. uh, two point nine, and a three point nine respectively. The peak of Nitro being Ray Mysterio versus Psychosis, which got up to a four point oh. I was going to say, because last week's episode was the first one in 1997, and it's like we're coming into 1997, WCW is like on a roll, and realizing uh, they win every single week this whole calendar yeah. year. You know? Yes. That, yep. it, that's, it, that's incredible. I mean, I think even nowadays, people, I mean, people get kind of excited when AEW beats NXT, but like... The flagship WCW show every single week for 1997 defeats WWF. That's that's a that's out that's amazing. It's amazing. That 83 weeks is like an amazing feat. Just yeah, I mean, because like so much changes in wrestling in just a few months, but but the to manage to have your product still capture people so much more than your opponents for that long is really impressive. Um, I'm just. I'm still picking up a little bit of audio. There's something over on your end. Could you do me a favor? What's that? Light the torch. talk about this fucking prick weight killer for a second it's, you did you just did this like four days ago and it's i have still like oh geez what i gotta change here do i have to adjust something or <laughs> but also over in the pw torch wade keller lets us know that uh, the wwf continues to conduct depositions for its lawsuit against WCW that was filed last summer. So, yeah, we haven't had an update on that in a while. Basically, both parties are getting their ducks in a row, getting their witness statements, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. There is a bit of locker room heat on Shawn Michaels for his comment on Raw about Bret Hart not conducting himself like a role model on the road. Oh, okay. I feel like I, I don't think it's any stretch to say that when there's a few between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels that the, the boys are most likely going to back Bret Hart. I think, yeah, other than the guys who Sean is very close to, but now without Hall, Waltman, and Nash, you know, that's a smaller group than it was before. Yeah. The the thing is that, you know, the guys who do like him, like mainly Triple H, uh, it's like mainly Triple H and Vince McMahon. And, the, you know, as long as Vince is on your side, yeah, yeah. it doesn't really matter how much the boys aren't. Yeah, like, Burhart has a lot of, like, uh, like, pawns and stuff behind him, but, like... Shawn Michaels has, like, the king, basically. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Green plans to come back to WCW and pick up his feud with Mongo now that his season is done. He lost the NFC Championship game on January 12th. Uh, interestingly, during that game, Fox commentator John Madden said, quote, Kevin Green just unloaded on him WWF style. Oh, well, he meant well. <laughs> 
that's the funny thing about like a WCW and you know these exist all over the in in different arenas and businesses but like there's one brand that's so strongly associated with that product yeah that even if you are bigger than that brand or at least you are in terms of television ratings and, uh-huh. and arena you know like you're still to the average person you're the b product like no wrestling is wwf right you know? uh devin storm and ace darling have upcoming wcw tryouts which has to be a little insulting to Devin Storm because he has been on Nitro. Uh, we saw him in a match against Sabu. Yeah. You might remember that dangerous uh, Devin he's Storm. Crowbar. Yeah. Yes, dangerous Devin Storm. He will eventually be uh, Crowbar. So, like, yeah, I don't know. He's he's What is, more does he need to show him? They either like him or they don't. But, you know, I suppose a foot in the door is at least something. I mean, against Sabu, that's, o- that's over a year ago, though, too. I mean... That was a long time ago. That's true. I mean, in wrestling terms, that's a long time ago. And, and maybe, I mean, he didn't exactly leave a lasting impression. So maybe yeah. the opportunity to give a new, like, quote-unquote, new first impression might be a good thing for him. But, I mean... The fortunate thing is we know it eventually works out. <laughs> Although I, right. I, I just I don't remember if he is around as dangerous Devin Storm. I do not really recall if that's like any more than what we've, what we've already seen. Eric Bischoff told the Charleston Post and Courier uh, regarding his role in the NWO, quote, I still feel a little uneasy in the role. It's getting pretty scary. <laughs> what does that even mean? I think. I think he's referring to like the fans throwing trash and like getting hit with stuff. I think he's oh, like, yeah. you know, uh a little uncomfortable with that aspect of it. Well, I mean, I know I felt like we kind of addressed it at some point like right after Bash of the Beach 96 and the idea that like WCW is not doing anything to really discourage the garbage throwing. Um, it seems like it's kind of a monster they've created upon themselves without really doing anything to be like enforcing or, or insisting on like fans not throwing it in during the NWO segments. Yeah. So I'm not really, I'm not really sure how he can fix that because it seems like he kind of allowed it to go on for, this is like six months now. It's going to be kind of hard to, to turn around. I, 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 maybe he was, I know there was like that one week in which he just got completely just like drenched by a soda on like the back of his head right yeah um it does to be to be fair it seems like a lot of the trash like people are trying to hit eric in particular <laughs> seems like he, yeah uh, especially when like hall is not around because like they also go after hall because i think i feel like hall will give him a reaction too mm-hmm. that is everything that was kind of notable in the torch this week. So that brings us to a segment that we like to call Observe This. Observe This, brother! This is what we call a rag sheep. sheep. The Royal Rumble is looking like it will be mostly a success. Uh, They're in the... Alamodome? The Alamodome, yeah. which I think holds around 50,000. Uh, as of this week, they're up to almost 30,000 paid. Um, they've got a huge number of comps. There's going to be a ton of paper, and they are expecting a big walk-up. They're kind of praying that there's a big walk-up. Yeah. Um, so they're hoping that they get – or they're hoping to get around 50K. I think the building might actually hold a little bit 
more than that. But so they're at kind of like between the the paid and the paper, they're at probably about thirty five, forty thousand. So with a big walk up, they could get fifty thousand in there. Rick Rude under a mask debuted in ECW on Saturday, January eleventh. He had words with Shane Douglas and brought back Pitbull number one, who had been out with a broken neck, uh, as we discussed way back when we did our hardcore TV episode. Oh yeah. Uh, apparently, apparently the mask was not enough to disguise his identity. It was supposed to be a mystery for like at least a couple shows, but he did a promo, and you know the fans were just well aware enough of like with his physique and his specific cadence and tone of his voice everyone knew that it was rick rude uh it did not manage to last as a secret but still sounds like it was a successful angle yeah i i feel like rick rude's the kind of guy that would that would um it seems like it'd be within his character to be like yeah it's obviously me but as far as me ravishing rick rude is concerned putting a mask on is still sufficient i can still act as rick rude as i want to but i have a mask on right Public Enemy and Harlem Heat are working without contracts. Uh, Uh We mentioned a few weeks ago that there were some rumors about Harlem Heat going to WWF. Uh, That is still a possibility as they are free agents and they're they're open to negotiate with anyone. Uh, But there has been some concern over in WWF about the big contracts that they've given recently. Um, Kind of Bret Hart, Mark Henry. Mm -hmm. Like those are already stuff where like they're like, unlikely to sign new people to big deals because they've they've got a lot of money tied up right now sure uh so it looks most likely like the heat will resign which is probably part of why they're you know still appearing on nitro every week uh hopefully public enemy doesn't get resigned but i have no idea what happens there <laughs> i just can't stand them <laughs> promo azteca star vampiro turned down a role on a mexican soap opera because he thought the part, an American border agent, might get him heat uh, with fans in Mexico when he's supposed to be a babyface. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> yeah. On January 8th, this is, I probably should have led with this. This is this is huge. On January 8th, Rey Mysterio was working a match against Chavo Guerrero to be taped for Saturday night and blew out his knee. Not on a crazy move, but somehow catching his leg on the ropes. It's thought to be fairly serious, and he has an appointment next week on January the 14th to determine if surgery is necessary. Oh, wait. So did that happen before Monday Nitro? No, it happened after this Nitro. It happened on, like, uh, so this Nitro. Let me look at the date here. I've got it. So Nitro was the 6th. This happened on Wednesday the 8th when they were taping Saturday night. Oh, okay. Well, that's going to suck. Yeah, and, uh, you know, one thing I thought we could do later is go through the cards of the upcoming Clash of the Champions and sold out. Oh, and sure. I'm j- so I have them up on Wikipedia already, and I'm looking, and indeed, Ray is not on either of those shows. Okay. So I don't know if he ends up getting surgery or not, but it does seem like it's a significant enough injury to cause him to miss some time. And I just can't, I can't remember if he's gone a significant amount of time at this <laughs> right now. ECW is working their asses off to get all their ducks in a row, uh, insurance and legal-wise, to make their targeted April 13th pay-per-view date. Once all that is complete, it's up to Request TV to either accept a deal with ECW or deny it and ultimately kill ECW's hopes of getting on pay-per-view at all. So basically, they're getting together like 
every little bit of paper and documentation and proof that they're upping security and everything that request tv has requested yeah request request tv has not said if you do all that we're going to carry you they're just said like give us all of it and then we'll think about it uh so that's where it's at right now ecw's got like another couple days to get this all in okay yeah and um and speaking of which there was something that actually happened on um, the previous Monday Nitro that I thought would be worth mentioning at this point. I, I was going to mention it on Nitro, but it just kind of slipped my mind. So there, last uh, on Nitro, when the NWO was coming to the ring, uh, Tony Schiavone was mentioning, you know, like NWO thinks they're like this big deal. But the fact is that they wouldn't be, uh, they wouldn't be anything without WCW. Like, they couldn't have an NWO pay-per-view without WCW mm-hmm. and WCW having pay-per-views. And then he says um, somewhere along the lines of, as some other people have found out in the last few weeks, it's hard to get onto pay-per-view. Um, Ooh, shots fired. Yeah. And it's like, it's a, it's a line that like, it's very easy to miss because it's like during a point when the camera's up close to NWO members, like shouting at the camera. But it was mm-hmm. it was something that I picked up on. I was like, well, that's really that's kind of out of place for Tony Schiavone to be doing something like that, and for like a shot at ECW in general, they really have not been bringing them up very much at all. So I thought that was kind of like an interesting little comment, and uh, maybe this is what he's talking about: the fact that like Heyman and the ECW like uh, people that run the ECW company are like crossing their T's and dotting their I's and doing everything yeah. they can just to get like one pay-per-view provider to consider doing it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I'm sure they figure like, you know, if we could just have the one chance to prove ourselves, it's going to be all worth it, you know? Uh, speaking of ECW, uh, apparently BWO shirts are huge sellers these days. Uh, the <laughs> ECW fans are known as buy, uh, for buying a lot of merch to support the guys they like. And BWO is super over right now, and, and those that's a very, very popular shirt here in January of 1997. There was no disciplinary action taken uh, with either Scott Hall or Jerry Sags from the incident in Shreveport, Louisiana. Apparently, Bischoff w- would have fired Sags, but Hall kind of put in a word not to, because mainly because Hall knew if Sags got fired... Hogan would probably hold it against Hall, and he just doesn't want the heat with Hogan right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hogan and the Outsiders have like a unique relationship in which, like, you kind of get the words from the dirt sheets that, like, that one week they have heat, the next week they're getting along. It's just you know guys sure. who see themselves as the Nash and Hall rightly see themselves as the people who are making this cool, and the guys who started it off being a big deal. And Hogan correctly sees himself as the guy who made it the biggest deal going in wrestling right now. So no one in that argument is necessarily wrong, to my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's difficult having egos that big when everyone has a decent point to make. That's naturally going to be a volatile situation. Yeah, I mean, and they're just like, they're these are like alpha male wrestlers like backstage dealing with each other like constantly. Right. These are like... Some of like the biggest like uh, backstage like manipulators that ha- wrestling had at that time, and they're like working directly with each other. So you can imagine it's going to be volatile at times. 
Um, I was just going to mention from um, as far as like this, uh, the SAGs like shoot basically on Hall. I know that we said on Monday night or on the last uh, worldwide that it was um, a matter of like the teeth being knocked out. Um, but what I've read from one of the reports, like a report that was written at the time of these episodes mm-hmm. that they, that they had heard that he knocked out a couple of teeth and Scott Hall has two black eyes and a broken jaw. Um, damn, damn, damn. And the thing is, I know looking ahead that we are going to see Scott Hall on television uh, on the yep. next Monday Nitro. And yep. and at least I've read a hint that they've kind of tried to avoid showing his face very long. Interesting. So it'll be interesting to see exactly what he looks like at this point because we'll be about like a week and a half out. But, I mean, stuff like, like uh, uh, black eyes don't – I mean, you could still get hints of that still by that point. Um, mm-hmm. also another thing to m- mention as far as this whole possibly firing Jerry Sags is concerned is that like, it'd be hard to fire Sags and not fire knobs. Like, why would you keep half of the nasty boys? But then also realizing that Brian knobs has like the biggest best friend he could possibly have in Hulk Hogan. Right. And he's also, at least at this point, I don't know if ever if it ever changed though. But he's also Dusty Rhodes' son-in-law. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um. So like Brian Knobs has about as much like pull as you could possibly get for a guy of his stature. So like, I think it would make it very very hard to fire Sags either way. Um. But also this is I feel like this whole situation is a good reflection on what you have mentioned before as far as in WCW like they really let the inmates run the asylum at times. Right. C- yes. Cuz I feel like the end result was probably that um nothing happened. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Uh the next thing I'd like to do is go through the results of WCW Saturday night. These would be the January 11th, 1997 results. Uh, This morning I had nothing to do, so I sat down and I watched both the Nitro from, or excuse me, both the Saturday night from last week, the one that we discussed on our last Worldwide, the January 4th episode. Yeah. I watched all of that one and all of the January 11th one. I gotta say, I like Saturday night a lot. Um, It's got like just a real comfortable 90 i don't know the exact way to describe it 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 just feels like watching salute your shorts with all the 90s commercials still there it just feels like comfortable uh nostalgic somehow in a way that watching like a cleaned up nitro on the network doesn't exactly capture in the same way yeah and 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 saturday night is usually like i i I like the setup of it too it's like it's kind it's hokey but it's a hokey that i like and they, they typically run them in just like much smaller venues too. So just fe- it does feel a lot more um, like personable for the person that if you're watching, you kind of feel like you're you're in an audience of like a handful of people again to see these wrestlers up close. Um, I know when I was a kid, I went to a, a Saturday night taping before. Um, oh, yeah. Nice. And um, what year would that have been? That was I. I know it was late '99. It was because okay. I know that David Flair was United States champion. Oh, um, wow. because I brought a David Flair um, sign to the show, yeah. um, like a pro David Flair sign, and it was something because and David Penzer during one of the breaks pointed it out because he was like, "Oh, you want to?" Because I I wrote "Be like Dave," 
And so he's like, oh, like me, Dave Penzer? I was like, no. I I, I <laughs> shouted that it was like David Flair, and the crowd booed me, and I thought that was really awesome. <laughs> you were a heel. I was a heel, just, just for a little bit. But uh, no, because like, I've been to Raw, and I've been to a Nitro before, and so Saturday night does feel a lot different. If it's a much smaller venue, it's it's tighter knit. It is. It's just like uh, it, it's cozy. Cozy is, uh, I think, a good way to put it. The thing that uh, I also liked about it is they just they spend a lot more time telling you what's on the upcoming like pay per views and clashes. There's just because there's promos with like mid carters where they're like, "Hey, this is your match coming up," and I'm like, "Oh, it is." Shit, like, oh, uh, so I really like that aspect of it. I feel like so much more informed about the big shows that are coming up because Nitro tends to be really come like Nitro tends to be about what's coming up on Nitro, mm-hmm. yeah, and then yeah, that's... and then with with time devoted also to the top two or three programs going on into the pay per view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Saturday night just gives you so much more perspective. Yeah, because like uh, on Nitro, it's more. It is very like in the moment, and and the and the announcers are way more involved. Um, in in that like you know NWO could com- commandeer their area, whereas like then the announcers are not involved whatsoever in the Saturday night like events or anything like that. So they can do lots of like you know. Uh, announcements and things like that and bring up things and because i'm i'm almost positive that like the announcing stuff is like taped over it's probably not done like live in person so they probably have plenty of time Mm -hmm. to to script it out and pace it and know when they can put in um like advertising advertising for the pay-per-views and things like that all right, so the results of that Saturday night that uh, takes place on Saturday, January the 11th. Alex Wright defeats Super Kolo. Ice Train defeated Tombstone. Hugh Morris defeated the Cheetah Kid, who we've seen on Nitro, but not in a while. That's uh, that's I, that's, that's so, King Curtis Iakea's actual son, the real Prince Iakea. Okay, so that's the real Prince Iakea, not the Prince Iakea that... That is that we will eventually see. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Diamond Dallas Page defeated Bobby Eaton. Psychosis defeated Steven Regal uh, by DQ. Okay. Mike Enos defeated Disco Inferno. La Parka defeated Scott Armstrong. Bobby Walker and Jim Powers defeated Joe Gomez and the Renegade. Ray Mysterio Jr. defeated Chavo Guerrero Jr. That's the match I mentioned where Ray hurt his knee. And in the main event, Harlem Heat defeated the amazing French Canadians. Now, is now it, I was gonna say for the Rey Mysterio match, can you can you pinpoint a moment where you're like, oh, you can tell he injured his knee? Well, I was just about to say that there's a large section in the back half that I skipped because the DVD. I I don't know if it was a problem with when it got written to DVD or with the download file or what, but it is missing audio for like a 25-minute chunk, including that match. So I have the match, and I guess I could watch it to see if I can pinpoint that, but I don't have the audio, and I just wasn't going to watch like 40 minutes of wrestling with no audio. Oh, gotcha. No, that makes sense. All right. So uh, those are all our official segments, but like I said, I thought we'd go over the card for what's coming up so let's start with clash of the champions 24 since that will be chronologically first 
That takes place, uh, I believe that's a Tuesday, January 21st. Yeah, they've generally... Oh, so yeah. we, we, hit, we were on the 6th, then 13th, then 20th for Nitro, yeah. 21st. Tw- yep. Yeah, they've tip- yeah, they've typically been on a Tuesday. So that's going to be live from the Wisconsin Center Arena in Milwaukee. We're going to have some plans that end up getting changed. Uh, so when I go through the card, not all of it is necessarily what even was planned. For example, Juventud Guerrera is on the card, but he no-showed the event. We'll probably talk about <laughs> more why if if we find out why exactly Okay. Uh, when we get to those worldwides closer. Uh-huh. But so, like, some of the build might sound completely surprising because it wasn't even the plan. Uh, but Dean Malenko versus Ultimo Dragon, that's for the Cruiserweight Championship. Yeah, so that's already been changed because they, we said on Nitro it was going to be Jushin Liger versus... Uh, Ultimate Dragon. Yeah, and that ends up Liger is just not on the show. I, I I don't think he no showed. I don't know if it was just he had New Japan commitments or what. But uh, Mike Enos versus Scotty Riggs. It's an interesting matchup. Oh, I I figure that is the uh, getting Scotty Riggs built up a bit for his match against Bagwell at a uh, ah, sold out. Sense. So yep. I don't feel like it's going to go very well for Mike Penis. A trios match as Conan, Laparca, and JL go up against Super Kolo, Chavo Guerrero Jr., and again, Chris Jericho, who is subbing in for Juventud Guerrera. Okay. Har- Harlem Heat versus the Renegade and Joe Gomez. Wow. We got some Alex jo- Wright. Ver- we got some jobber matches in here. What's going on? This is a fascinating matchup. Alex Wright versus Masahiro Chono. Ooh. That is going to be interesting. Well, and uh, Eddie Guerrero versus Scott Norton. Ooh, that sounds cool. Yeah, that that's gonna be good stuff. Of course, the Taskmaster versus uh, Chris Benoit in a False Count Anywhere match. Okay. The Steiner Brothers against the Amazing French Canadians, and in the main event we get Lex Luger against Scott Hall. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that because I don't think we've had a Scott Hall. Uh, singles match. We everything he's done has been with Nash since he came in. Yeah. Um. Are we? Do we know if that's going to actually happen? Um. Yeah. I'm reading the. Re- this is the card. Uh. Like I'm reading the results on Wikipedia. I'm just not saying who won. Oh. Okay. So that's these are the matches that actually occur. Those matches all occur. Oh. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I mean. So that'll be that. I think that main event will be interesting. I mean, it's not. I don't feel like it's necessarily a Clash of the Champions main event type of match. Um, I, I, I guess maybe not since Hall is. I think it is. I think. I mean, I think that's a big match. Hall was like the first guy who came in with the NWO. The NWO is the hottest thing in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Lex Luger is the second hottest babyface in WCW. Like you might, he's either the hottest or. Like him, the giant, and Sting are in some order, and I don't know what that order is. Yeah, I kind, of, I kind of have a hard time really like putting Sting on there because he's just like only a couple minutes every right few nitros. I I would still say, I mean, like Giant had a big couple weeks, but I I would still say Luger is the number one babyface. That's probably probably accurate. Yeah, Masahiro Chono versus Alex Wright's another one for Chono. To probably get like a, a win under his belt before his sold out match with uh, especially Jericho. since the audience, especially since the audience doesn't know him that well, right? The American audience, yeah, yeah. On sold out, which comes uh, so that yeah, that is going to be on a Tuesday, 
sold out will take place the Sunday following. Or the Saturday. The Saturday following? Yeah, that, that one correct? that one's a Saturday show. January twenty fifth? Okay. Yeah. Uh and the card is as follows. Chris Jericho versus Masahiro Chono. Okay. Hugh Morris versus Big Bubba Rogers. Ooh. In a Mexican in a Mexican death match. We've actually talked about that on bef- before. Yeah. Uh, the fact that it obviously was supposed to be Conan. We'll have to find out what happens there. Well, that's interesting. That's even... I mean, I am I like that I haven't looked yet because it's like, well, we see Conan does wrestle on Clash of the Champions, but then doesn't wrestle four days later. Yeah. There's a little... Well, it's like uh, we're, we're figuring out the uh, the time frame for like a crime. Jeff Jarrett will face off with fucking Mr. Wall Street. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, God. Yikes. Boy, uh, you just mentioned, um, I mean, I think Big Bubba versus <laughs> Hugh Morris will be more entertaining. Uh, Now, here's a good one. You had mentioned this when we were talking about the Clash of the Champions. Scotty Riggs versus Buff Bagwell. Uh, And I do believe it might be Buff Bagwell because on Saturday night, they have a few different like uh, NWO promos, those ones where they're shot. They're all kind of cut up like a music video. And there was part where Buff was addressing Scotty Riggs or Marcus, whatever we're calling him. And he says, you're going to lose because you're fat, not like me. I'm Buff and I'm the stuff. Oh, he says that. Is that on the it's on the Saturday night since the Nitro we did? Yeah, that's on the January 11th. Okay. Uh, night, uh, Saturday night. Which is good Good to know because since we did that Nitro, I was trying to look on, on some of these like old uh, reviews from the at the time to see if they ever mentioned when he suddenly is called Buff Bagwell. And all I saw was that like they called him Marcus up until it sold out. So I don't know if we're going to, uh, I don't know if we're going to hear, hear it necessarily on Nitro or anything like that. But definitely yeah. by sold out, he's being called Buff Bagwell. Yeah, it seems like he starts referring to himself as Buff in as more of a descriptor. Like, you're fat and I'm Buff. Yeah. And that must be how they transition into just calling him Buff. Right. Which is a great nickname. Uh, that's Buff Bagwell, much more memorable than Marcus Bagwell. Right. For sure. And that, I mean, that does, that sounds like something that they probably stumbled upon it. Maybe like from the promo. And he keeps putting in promos. Are like, wait a second, we could work with that. I should see if, because Buff has a good episode of Colt Cabana's podcast, and I should see if they ever talk on there about where the Buff name came from. I don't think they do, but it was a good podcast, and I wouldn't mind re-listening just to see if maybe maybe it happens. Uh, anyway, moving on down the card, Diamond Dallas Page will f- square off against Scott Norton. Huh. That sounds cool. I suppose that Scott Hall is going to be in the tag team match because I felt like Scott Hall was a more appropriate opponent for Diamond Dallas Page, but he already has a match. Yes. Yep, because the next match is the Steiner Brothers versus the Outsiders for the WCW Tag Team Championships. Okay. Then uh, Six versus Eddie Guerrero in a ladder match for the U.S. Championship. Really, I'm really looking forward to that match. Yes, I am too. And then in the main event, uh, we will see, you know, and this is almost a spoiler because a storyline over the next few Nitros is whether or not this match will happen. Yeah. 
but uh, you know what? It was it was twenty three years ago or whatever. So oh right, who gives a shit. Yeah. Uh, the main event: Hollywood Hulk Hogan will face off against the Giant for Hulk Hogan's WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, and and I know when we do the actual pay per view, I'll mention it again, but I just like to say this is uh, one of the very very few WCW pay per views that I've never seen before. So I'm really looking forward to. It. I really haven't. I haven't seen any matches from it either. So I don't. Really, I have never seen Guerrero versus Six. It could be terrible. I mean, I have no idea. But it's definitely like the match I'm really looking forward to because if there's anyone that could possibly have like a good ladder match, it, I mean, like I've seen Eddie Guerrero have good ladder matches before, and um, right. It, it just yeah. It just it's an interesting matchup that I I look forward to. Everything else is kind of just like. Interesting because it's like weird, <laughs> pretty much. And then there's a, then there's gonna be just like the really embarrassing uh, Miss NWO pageant that's gonna be going on during this whole thing. Yes, that I'm certainly yeah I've heard I've heard quite a lot about that. Uh, so yeah, looking looking for overall, I'm looking forward to a lot of stuff about the card, but there is definitely cause to be concerned. Uh, anyway, that does it for all of our official business. The only thing that we've got left is something that we instituted on our last Worldwide, and that's giving a recommendation of something uh, to occupy your time during this lockdown. Uh, if you're like me, you occupy your time by recording podcast episodes every other day at this point. Right. Um, but a recommendation that I have, uh, I'm going to go ahead with a book series. Uh, by Joe Abercrombie, that's the name of the writer, he's a British writer, to fantasy series called The First Law. Uh, and the way that the stories were structured, it started off with a trilogy, The First Law trilogy, um, and I, because I bought them as a Kindle thing of all three books in one, I never remember the actual titles of the first three books. It's Before They Are Hanged, The Last Argument of King's, and I can't even remember the other one, but just search the first law, Joe Abercrombie. Uh, it starts with a trilogy. Those books are incredible. They tell like a fantastic, complete story. You don't have to read anything more than that. But if you wanted to, there's then following that, there's four novels that are set in the same universe uh, that follow different characters. Some of the main characters from the original trilogy make appearances or you kind of hear a little bit about them. But those those four novels kind of focus on different stories. And again, those are all complete stories. You could just read one of those books and, and it will tell a story from beginning to end. It'll be all the richer if you've read the books before it. But, you know, they I just am trying to say, like, you don't have to feel like you're getting into this massive thing. You can just, you know, you get stories of the beginning, middle and an end. Um, after those four novels, there is a book of short stories that takes place in the same universe and then just last year, he put out the first book in a new trilogy that is set, that's more of like a direct sequel to the first trilogy that's set 30 years in the future. So it takes that same universe and puts it forward 30 years into kind of an uh, early industrial revolution sort of time. Um, they're just fantastic books. They're some of the funniest books that I've read. Uh, they've got, he's just got like a very cynical. Uh, sense of humor and way of looking at the world that matches up with my own uh, pessimist view of looking at the world and I, I think they're really really great books if you like fantasy even if you don't um, 
They're just fantastic. And he's a rel- the thing about the new trilogy, too, uh, that I wish a lot of fantasy authors that, that will remain nameless for right now, uh, but he actually wrote more or less complete versions of all three books before the first book was ever published so that when the first book was published, you were guaranteed that the next book would come out one year later and the third book would come out one year after that. So none of this waiting 15 years for some book that you're dying to read. Like, you are guaranteed you read this book in September, next September comes the next one. Don't stress out about it. Uh, I really like that approach. I appreciate it. Uh, So yeah, Joe Abercrombie's first law series, that is my recommendation this week. Dave, how about you? Uh, well, something I, I just wanted to add to my recommend my recommendation from the last worldwide, uh, as far as the um the Stardom uh Cinderella tournament that happened on the 18th or something like that. I want to say. Sounds like they've already said that wasn't such a good idea, huh? Yeah, because yeah, because they were supposed to have a show yesterday and they've canceled that, and also like Dragon Gate was going to run shows and they canceled too. So I I know on the last worldwide I was saying you know, uh, Japan was t- like Jap- Japanese wrestling was getting back to the regular thing and it sounds like the government was like no 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 we're we're not we're not that far yet so they are now canceling shows, um, but what I was gonna say is a positive is that one show which was the uh, Cinderella tournament you actually do not have to get the Stardom um, um, streaming service for it. It is on their YouTube page for free. Oh, that's cool. That's a good, yeah, that's so if you're, a good recommendation. Yeah, so if you're looking for some, like, wrestling that's a little bit different, that's Japanese, and, and really, if you're looking for women's Japanese wrestling, it's it's basically the promotion that's available. That and, um, I want to say, Toshi, uh, TJP, which is, like, the, the one that goes along with uh, DDT is the other... But not T.J. Perkins. Not T.J. Perkins. Not no, 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 no. Okay, good. You want to stay far <laughs> away from that guy. Yes, I certainly do. Um, <laughs> and another thing you could do that is free and it's something that I've I've tried out is it, it's uh, called Call of Duty Warzone, um, and that is their new massive uh, like free to pay, uh, free to play. That is um, free to pay. Free to pay. I don't have to free pay, to pay anything to pay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like if you're a person that likes uh, something like uh, Player Unknown's uh, Battlegrounds or that sort of like massive multiplayer like Battle Royale. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Call of Duty put out one called Warzone and it's like it's Call of Duty. So it's like the A plus plus like budget and graphics and everything like that. Uh, yeah. So if you're looking for something that's like you can you can download and just try it out without paying anything for it. That's the one that's one that I would recommend is Call of Duty Warzone. So yeah. Well maybe I'll check that out on my Xbox because as we were talking before we started recording, I can't find my PS4 controller and uh I just today stupidly I, I bought uh Resident Evil the remake and the Resident Evil two, the more much more recent remake. Mm-hmm. I bought them like through the PlayStation store online thinking like, oh, then I'll go downstairs later and play on my PS4, and now I go downstairs, I can't find the controller. So I, I bought them, I just can't play them. Well, that controller, it's around there somewhere, though, Tim. You'll, it's got to be around here. <laughs> right? Tim, it did not just get up and walk away, okay? Uh, well, when you get kids, the problem is your things essentially can get oh, up and just sure. walk away. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, but yeah, I uh, I, I mean, I've my hope is to try to... Um, 
for recommendations to try to suggest things that are either very inexpensive or free because uh, not everyone can go on a recommendation that's like, you know, 20 or 30 bucks or anything like that since everyone's kind of having to, you know, spend a little bit less nowadays since I'm sure a lot of people that are listening right now are, are not employed. Uh, I'm right there with you. I'm not I'm not making any money now. So, um, you know, just doing what I can. So you don't think my recommendation of 10 books to buy <laughs> was realistic for every budget? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, I, I mean, book. I mean, books are cheaper than like a whole like ten DVDs or anything like that. You know. I, well, and these are long books too. So if you think about the amount of like time, the amount of time spent per dollar, uh-huh. your money's probably lasting you pretty good. Yeah. For for a big book, you're not you know? you're not recommending the um the Disney's new um the Skywalker Saga collection which is a 27 dvd collection of all the of the nine movies and it's like 250 dollars oh my gosh is that what are uh, it's just like that many special features well it has um so each movie it has like um i think it's like different like 4k and like regular blu-ray and then like a whole and then like each one has its own special features dvd as well uh, but what I've read is that if you have any of the other saga collections with special features, you're not really getting anything new. This sure. is the only thing. So, but that would be <laughs> that's something I read where it's like, oh, only two hundred fifty dollars. Where's my wallet? You, you can get every single James Bond movie on Blu-ray for like half of that. <laughs> right. Just just putting that out there. Anyway, uh, I think that is all that we've got for Worldwide. Obviously, if you've been paying attention, you notice that we are pumping out these episodes, uh, and we hope to continue doing that as long as we're on quarantine. Uh, I'm working with getting a few guests lined up to come on the show. That can always add a couple days or two because you're just working with another person's schedule Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, whatever they've got going on. So maybe they can't watch Nitro until a certain day. But definitely want to keep up the pace, want to keep getting you guys episodes uh, we've, we've heard from a number of you on Twitter, you know, people just saying thanks. They appreciate it. So um, we, we really have just been happy to get these out. And they give us something to do. It, it makes me feel like uh, like I'm at least being productive with all my time that's not spent either working, watching my kids, or going for walks. Uh, <laughs> right. So so continue to look for all those right here where the big boys play 20 years of Nitro. Nitro.